Podcasting straight from North Carolina is Dr. Jennifer Eichner-Lowry sharing her author journey with you. Jen Lowry writes is a place where amazing things happen for authors and readers together. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate podcast host. Jen is just the bird singing the song. She is a published author, educator, homeschool mama, life coach, and dreamer. Join her on the daily journey of discovering what this writing life is all about. Let's see what she will be led by the Holy Spirit to talk about today. Here's Jen. Thanks for supporting my Jen Lowry Writes podcast. My purpose is to inspire and encourage others to chase after their writing goals with faith and courage. By hitting the support this podcast button and with your monthly contribution of 99 cents, $4.99 or $9.99, you are helping me chase after mine. Welcome to my official author podcast. My name is Dr. Jennifer Lowry, and today I want to talk with you guys about the book study that I did with other writers, and we investigated the worlds of Roald Dahl. So, I'm sure that even if you're listening to me right now and you're not into children's lit, I bet you can remember the work of Roald Dahl, and that is including... Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, James and the Giant Peach, and Matilda. Because these were such beloved children's classics, and so many kids um, have cycled through this work, Um, my son's favorite movie um, is Matilda. Um, So it was like, okay, I know that if I was going to choose a book study after doing Katie Camillo's work, that I wanted to go into the world of Roald Dahl. Now, my book study has been phenomenal for me, and I'm going to tell you, not only did it make me a sharper editor of my own work, but it gave me some valuable, valuable pieces of knowledge that I would not have had unless I would have done this. And I'm talking about even you know, translating over, not into my children's work, but in my adult fiction. So I think any kind of book study is noteworthy, and you really need to put it on your list for 2020 of a goal that you would like to have is to take an author and um, study multiple books from them, particularly in a genre that you want to write. Um, That's where I'm going to encourage you to go. And books that have made it to the big screen or books that have made it into the like top 10 list of um, in your genre. You want the most popular books. It's good for you too for market research so you can see what's still lasting out there in the world. Like I could give you tons of reasons why you should do book studies and I've talked with you guys about this before but I want to talk with you specifically about the Roald Dahl experience. So we started with James and the Giant Peach, and at the beginning of this whole adventure into his worlds, I read James and absolutely loved it back in the day. I read it when Solomon was younger for homeschool. He's a senior now, so that lets you know how long ago it had been. But rereading it with the lens of an author totally woke me up. I loved the playfulness of the language. I loved the the songs, um, the jokes, 
the 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 really tight knit character development. Now you can see that with the secondary characters. You really can't even call them secondary characters because they all play such an integral role um, in James and the Giant Peach, down to the Earthworm. So um, I just really love how he built those characters and he was really consistent with them. Um, they were flat characters, and so I guess I can't say they remains. Um, but I will tell you, they were phenomenal in there. Um, each one contributing in its own way, and the characters, you know, really just came together so well. And if you also look at James's character development and how he changed from a boy who had no voice to a leader into that community, that is something that is just precious, y'all. I'm telling you, I love it, love it. Um, there is something else that after reading these three books from Roald Dahl, I realized that he writes in extremes. So, the extreme poverty of Charlie. There was a scene in there, guys, where it killed me to read because of the extreme poverty. I felt it. I felt Charlie's plight. And I felt it so raw, and I started thinking about my students at school who we do backpack buddies for, and um, my students who we bring food for, and all this, and I'm just like, Lord, just, just walking slow and taking the shortest route in order to conserve energy. Like, y'all, I'm telling you, extremes were in that book, and it's the same way with Matilda, the way that Matilda is treated by the parents, yet... Um, valued by Miss Honey, um, the extremes of Mrs. Trunchbull, like, come on, Principal, like, it's insane, and so if you're reading Roald Dahl, expect these extremes, and that can often be found in middle grades fiction and children's literature, and so when I started recognizing it, I was going, oh, this is kind of like this book, and oh, this reminds me of this because then I realized it was more patterned than I recognized possibly before doing the study. What I also loved about working with another writer and going through this study is that she would bring new insights to the conversation that I had not connected before because we're coming in with our different suitcases you know, conversations can be very rich when you're discussing books and you're analyzing them, breaking them down. I loved it that in James and the Giant Peach, she recognized that Pooh and the cast of characters of Pooh were very similar in the way that Roald Dahl had crafted all of the insects and the animals um, in James and the Giant Peach. And so, I will say that I really found value um, in doing that, and we compared characters, and we talked about those pessimistic ones, um, like Eeyore, to then, I mean, it was just, it was beautiful. I was like, okay, that's the connections that I would not have seen had it not been for our conversations. And so, when I say I have a book club, we meet once a week online on Zoom, 
and we meet, we discuss, we have fun, we talk about what we've noticed. And um, they're really, it's really just a metacognitive conversation out loud. We do not have a script and we do not have preset questions. We're just coming in discussing the things that we've noticed, the things that stood out to us. And at the end of the conversation, I have pages and pages of notes. And these notes can be easily applied back into my own work, just like thoughts to consider, things that we liked, things that we didn't. And what I also loved about our conversations is we noticed it when we were reading Matilda. And I didn't quite get it with James and the Giant Peach, or Charlie even, but when I was in Matilda, I noticed a couple of spots where I called out how Doll had particularly, like, didn't follow through a loop with a, with a scene that I thought could have went somewhere or that I felt should have went somewhere, knowing the character traits of Miss Trunchbull. And so we started, you know, discussing that, and I was like, that's a missed opportunity to me. Um, and that's when it hit me. And I became very convicted. I was like, Lord, you know, how many missed opportunities have I had in my own work? And so when I went back in to edit, after doing the study of Matilda, I was noticing missed opportunities more than I would have in prior days of editing. So that's why I think it is very, very valuable that you guys do your own independent book studies. If you can't find another author to do this with you, you know, pick a reader friend of yours. They may just want to talk books. Um, I find value um, working with my ladies because they're other authors. And we're kind of looking at this with, you know, with word choice and language and style and, and setup and illustrations and how to, you know, how was this description? And this was written in this way, you know, to appeal to kids on this level, um, you know, so forth. I also noticed in between James and the Giant Peach and Matilda, something magical happened. And I think that it gave me some freedom in my mind. Now, and I'm not going to say that, and I've never thought this through before, but I don't know. I, I, maybe I can. In James and the Giant Peach, there are some teachable moments in there where a young reader can learn about ladybug spots, for example. And this is only just one example. The um, Each creditor in there is telling a little part about themselves that is scientific and relevant to the story. Um, it does not take away from the story. It actually is entertaining and engaging. And my son actually, because maybe he wants to be a wildlife biologist and it connects to him to learn more about creatures, but I'm telling you, I found it very fascinating um, how the way that Roald Dahl incorporated science literacy in his fiction world. And that just makes those characters even more realistic and believable. And then they're on a giant page floating. And, and one time, <laughs> one time when I was reading, I, I think I got so like brought into the story 
that I made a comment. Okay, now this part about the cloud men, now this part is just so unrealistic. And my son was like, Mom, what part of it was? Seagulls are carrying them across the sea. And it was so funny. I told my librarian about it, and she died laughing. Like, I guess it's one of those things, like, you got to be there. But, hey, she got it, and it was, it was hilarious. And so we talked about how you can just get swept up in a story that you often can forget. Wait a minute. I'm reading a children's book. Uh, it's called James and the Giant Peach. This is not real. Um, and so that's what was happening with me with James. And so I love that my son brought me right back down to earth because I needed that kind of wake-up call there. <laughs> and I also loved Matilda, I think, more than all, like, the other two. At first, I thought I was going to love James the most. Because I do love the James movie. I did like the books better than the movies on all three. I love the Johnny Depp version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. So, I will say, hand in hand, the movie with Johnny Depp and the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory book... I, I don't want to say I loved the, the book more, because I just loved Johnny Depp in that movie, um, and Freddie Highmore. Just absolutely love that movie, and I love the Oompa Loompas and how they were um, taken care of there, and it so matches the book. Um, but I will say that with Matilda, I love this book the most, and what I all, like, often will say is that, you know, bringing in the, you know, parts of the outside world and putting them into this fiction world, um, that's not a copyright issue. You can list things. Because I got an email one time that was like, okay, can I list this song, these lyrics and all this? And I'm like, no, you can't like do out the full song unless it's free use. It's in the public domain. But you can list a title, um, and get away with that. You're just talking about and do it in a positive way. Like, I love Converse's. I wear Converse's all the time. I really wish Converse would sponsor me. I could do an ad for them. And I make sure that a lot of my characters are wearing Converse's. It's reflective of just somebody I would want to hang out with wearing Converse's. Hey, let's let's put my character in Converse's. It's fine. Um, but what I loved about Matilda is that Matilda gave a list of books for students to then be able to take away with them. So let's say a reader is just casually picked up Matilda because they saw the movie and they're like, okay, I want to read this book now. Or it's their first time being introduced to Matilda. They're going to get a list, you know, of Charles Dickens books. They're going to be able to take the list that are created by doll in there of some of the experiences that Matilda is having with books and then people might then be you know their interest might be piqued and they may say oh I've got to go find these other books Matilda loved them so can I and I absolutely like adore that part of Matilda and to know that she was okay um and here's the thing and and I don't want to cry when I say these things, but I'm talking real. And you guys, I've had 20 years in the public school system. Um, I have seen a lot, and I've heard a lot, and I know a lot goes on um, in the lives of students. 
And sometimes students feel like they're not okay. But if they read Matilda, Matilda is really not okay. And so they could bond with that character. But guess what they can see Matilda doing? Matilda has a coping mechanism. She has a strategy on how to deal with a very bad situation. And so this is what I love so much about Matilda more than Charlie and James. Because James, it was just happenstance. Like he just got the, you know, the magic man to give him, you know, the green light up thingies. And, And then all of this transformation occurs. And, you know, this is magic. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, it's like this one in a million chance, millions of chances of getting this golden ticket, and he got it. But with Matilda, Matilda is truly not the magic element. Now, take that part out. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about kids that can turn a glass over with their eyes. I'm talking about it's truly a way for kids to see themselves out. And it's through books. And when Matilda was having a home life that was not um, easy for any child to have. Uh, Matilda had it bad, y'all. And she would find her solace in her room, stacks of books around her, and her trips to the library. Like She found ways to get books when no one else would get them for her. And kids have so much access to books today. You know, of course, they don't necessarily have bookshelves. I'm 44 years old, and I just got my first bookshelf for Christmas. I understand that not everybody has, you know, tons of access. But I was lucky enough, and I'm not going to cry. I was lucky enough in my life to have the public library across the street from me. If you've ever read that blog about my library, um writing that blog about my library um i just love public library systems let's just say this okay then i had a mom who really supported my book habit and we would go to yard sales and we would go to flea markets and in the flea markets would have these like chicken wire caged places i don't know if you guys have ever been to the flea market before but i was raised up on yard sales which we would call close the ys and flea markets and what's really cool about flea markets is a lot of times when i was growing up we would go to the ones that would have the used bookstores in it and so they would have 10 cent shelves 25 cent shelves i loved donating books i love giving books away um to places that do that um i love dog eared books because their books are a dollar um just providing access to literature where it's not where you have to go and spend tons and tons of money for a book. That's why I'm constantly giving books away. Like, I know that's from my upbringing, and I know that's how much I've attached myself to books my whole life because I know what words can do. And I know how words have helped me, have healed me, have protected me. And that's a part of like my mission in my life is to to champion words and so with irene matilda that one hits my heart stronger than any children's book 
that I've read in a very long time. And it is because there is a coping mechanism built into that book. And that is the escape of reading. And that is what Matilda does and uses to help her in her day-to-day. So, I say all of that by telling you that having the book study on Katie Camillo was life-changing for me. And having that opportunity to meet her. Yes, you know, top of the list, guys. But then, I didn't just stop there. I continued into the book study because I didn't realize how meaningful this work can be until I read multiple of Kate's books. Um, And that's why when I walked away after reading like almost 30 of her books, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got a sense and a feel for this person, this author, these characters now, and I can appreciate it so much more. And I transferred it straight over to Roald Dahl. Now, in my writing club, I did not want to only be the one that had autonomy over the list. I wanted to be a shared community where we could go based on where we were um, and what our goals were. And, And honestly, I just knew I wanted to surround myself by good literature, literature that has lasted the test of time and have made it into a movie. Like, honestly, that's what my kind of my goals were. And so when we were gonna leave Roald Dahl, we were gonna step into E.B. White's world. So, my friend was like, hey, I'm really working on something else right now. And she kept talking about Goosebumps, and she had done a master class with R.L. Stein. And I don't know if you've heard of master classes or not. I was really surprised that my son did. My son is a genius, and he knows 10 million things more than I do. And he's usually aware of the current trends and things that are happening. Um, but master classes, um, you, you just pay this money and you're in part of this class with these masters um you know they and i told him i use gordon ramsay as an example because he loves gordon ramsay so does sam so i was like you guys could take a master class with gordon ramsay just save up your money and you know if you wanted to do that but we also looked at um some of the other master classes and guitars and things like that so it's really cool what's going on out there in the world and these opportunities that people are doing and of course i appreciate the side gig Um, if it's worth the money do it Um, we all have side gigs going on my patreon is my side gig and you know i'm very very pleased with my um, progress with my writing warriors for jesus we all need that in life we all need side gigs unless you're well even these super famous people needing side gigs they got their own side gigs going on with master class well anyway i did all of that just to tell you she was doing rl stein so she was like i'd love to read some more goosebumps and she had read deep trouble and she was like let's do that and i was like i would love to because she actually didn't know this about me that i love horror um horror genre is my favorite to watch i only want to watch horror movies i only want to watch serial killer documentaries pretty much um I do love looking at documentaries about animals and cultures, and um, I was watching about how they make poisonous darts in the pan, um, oh gosh, I don't want to say it wrong, Pamba Tribe, um, and Borneo, like I, I found a really good documentary series on YouTube over the weekend, 
from a musician and a documentarian. Um, but anyway, you know, that's my junk, y'all. Love me some horror stuff. And I wrote Heartwell Chronicles. And I've always wanted to write an easy reader chapter book. And so I was like, goosebumps are pretty simple, pretty easy formulaic. I'm like, I could, I'd like to go into the goosebump world. And so we read Welcome to Dead House. And that was book one. After she read that, she felt complete because <laughs> she had read Deep Trouble. Well, I'd already read The Mask and The Scarecrow Walks at Midnight. And so after reading Deep Trouble, that gave me my, I mean... Welcome to Dead House, which was book one of the classic Goosebumps um, series. That that pretty much sealed it up for us. We didn't need another one. She picked the Graveyard Book, and that's the one that we're reading for on Friday for next for this upcoming Friday. Um, I had to take a Friday off. I had to cancel the book club on Friday because you guys know that I was sick last week. I'm still not. Um, 100 percent um it's almost like i had a walking flu with no other symptoms other than i had felt like i had been beat by a baseball bat and my whole body hurt and i can't even describe to you the physical heaviness that i had felt since last tuesday from a migraine and it never went away um but i'm feeling like that still um i'm not as bad as i was last week but i'm still not where i was but i do have the commitment to my book club i love um meeting with the ladies and going over our books but i will tell you um i think that me doing the goosebumps work and then stepping in that saturday after my writing warriors for jesus boot camp really opened me up for goal school um I think that might have been what it was. Maybe that was the missing piece in my heart. And once I plugged in the new Goosebumps review, um, then that created Ghoul School series. Maybe so. Um, I'm going to talk more about Goosebumps on another episode. But right now, I was wanting to review the worlds of Roald Dahl and talk to you about how my author study of Katie Camillo changed my life in my author world. And now that I'm doing these author studies, I, they're so beneficial. Um, and I'm getting into my genre because, guys, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, I've had that book for years. I read that book so many years ago, I don't remember anything about it. Um, I even have um, The Glass Elevator, and I have not read that one yet, but that is on my bookshelf, my, my bookcase for books to read. I still want to go back in and read that book from Roald Dahl. Um, we watched Chitty Chitty Bang Bang with um, him working on that screenplay for that movie. Um, we watched that over the weekend, last weekend, not this weekend, but the weekend before, after I just finished the Roald Dahl study. It all seemed to just come together to me and just make perfect sense because I would say that's so Roald Dahl. <laughs> and I feel like I can say that now after three books. And when I was doing Ghoul School, I could just feel the fun elements come out. Like I could feel the joke. I could feel the the name use and everything. I was like, you know what? This is perfect. Um, and I'm going to go back in with Ghoul School and see how I can up the funny. Even though I did have a fourth grader to give me a five-star review and let me know that she thought the book was really funny. Um, which I just honestly did not think I could pull off. Um, Goosebumps was not funny. And I'm not saying every book has to be funny. But I do think there needs to be some lightheartedness into it. And playing around with language more. So while I'm editing. And that's one of my goals for this week. While I'm editing. I really do want 
to focus in on the silliness of doll um, and try to channel some of that silly and some of that freedom with the word choice. Well, all right, guys. You helped me get home in really nasty, rainy weather. And I want to tell you guys, I love y'all. I hope you have a wonderful day. And good luck with your book club because I'm challenging you now to get one. Even if it's just an author study that you do by yourself, um, you find someone to work with online, you pick a book, and you just talk about your book. 45 minutes to an hour. Um, I need to, you know, to cut the time down because we do spend a lot of time talking. We do not talk about anything extra. This is, oh, how are you? how's everything going in Australia? We'll talk through Australia. Um, we'll say like a short thing at the very beginning just to welcome each other into the group. And then we start right away. This is a serious study um, that is advancing us in our writing and for our careers and in our editing. So... I take it extremely seriously, and I'm looking forward to reading the Graveyard book. I got to 15 pages last week, and I was so sick, I couldn't go past. So, I read Looking for Alaska by John Green last week, and then after that book, I could not go into another book. Like, I just couldn't. Uh, my brain was just exhausted. I could not think through even tackling a book so this week I'm hoping I do feel a little better today I'm hoping after homeschool that's something I can do to quiet my mind in the evenings before going to bed um, and we'll get through the graveyard book but um which is a newberry by the way you guys know how I feel about newberries I want to read them all <laughs> so which is perfect for me too and it's a horror genre middle grades um, if those of you are wonder wondering, I think it's Neil Gaiman. I think that's who the author is. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that's right. All right, guys. I'll talk with y'all later. Bye. Now that you found me on the Jen Lowry Writes podcast, I challenge you to head over to where books are sold and find me there. I've published 11 books so far, and I write clean books for all ages. Horror, paranormal, sweet romance, fantasy, historical fiction, you name it, I've got your genre. Search Jen Lowry at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Kobo, and more. And for my Bible devotionals, you'll see my full name, Dr. Jennifer Eichner Lowry on Amazon. So I challenge you today to go out there and write something inspiring and share it with the world. Thanks for joining me on Jen Lowry Writes. You guys have a blessed day.